0: All right. We'll be in Joshua chapter fourteen this morning. Joshua chapter fourteen. Excited about what the Lord has for us today. We did receive another gift in the mail um, this week for from another church uh, to help us with the move and the transition and everything like that. So excited about that. And uh, the Lord continue to provide. For us, we're always grateful when fellow Christians, fellow churches um, uh, help us out and want to help us out. We're always appreciative of that and uh, also appreciative of even Miss Robin singing today and playing today um, and uh, being willing to to do that in our church. We appreciate that. And uh, Miss Robin's son, one of her sons, uh, uh, was one of the first people to sing in our church. It wasn't Adam, surprise, uh, but uh, um, it was always always fun to hear. I really enjoy hearing a guitar, and I uh, always enjoy that. And We had that in the early days of the church, and, and every now and then still, but uh, excited about that as well. In Joshua chapter 14, I want us to look in verse number 6 this morning, starting in verse number 6. And The Bible says, The children of Judah came unto Joshua and Gilgal, And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the uh, Kenizite, said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God concerning me, uh, me and thee, in Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Barnea uh, to espy out the land, and I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses sware on that day, saying, Surely the land. Whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord uh, my God. And now behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. And as yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me, as my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war both to go out and to come in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain whereof the Lord spake in that day. For for thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be, the Lord will be with me. Then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. In context, we see here Caleb reminding Joshua of the time where they went and spied on the promised land. And when they came back, Joshua and Caleb gave the positive report. The other spies gave the negative report. We talked about this a little bit last week as well. And, uh, and so at that time, it was not yet time for them to go into the promised land because there was the doubt, there was the fear, there was the disobedience in the children of Israel. So then comes uh, now, they are crossed over into the promised land. They have warred now for a few chapters, taking the different places as God had told them to. And Caleb says to Joshua, it's time for me to get mine inheritance. Uh, God promised me, he told Moses, and Moses told me that this land was going to be for me and my children forever. And so now he comes to Joshua and he says, "I I might be older, but I'm still ready and able to take the land that God's given me, so now it's time for you to give me this land. This morning, I want us to look at that thought, and you've probably heard sermons preached on give me that mountain before, but today that's what we're going to talk about, uh, the mountain that we should claim. Lord, I pray for your help this morning as we look into your word, and Lord, although this is a relatively familiar story. And and maybe we've heard sermons preached on it before. Even I have preached uh, different sermons on this passage. But Lord, I pray that this morning you would give us something fresh, something new, something that would challenge us, something that will encourage us. Lord, something that will draw us closer to you. I pray that you'd help me to present this passage clearly and correctly. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We come here to this uh, what I've always found as a motivational passage. Um, now, anytime I've heard it preached, I've, I've seen it as a theme for a yearly theme. Uh, and I've, uh, really, it's always been preached the times that I've heard it, kind of as a motivational message. But uh, this morning, I want us to see really four things, three, three truths and then one question uh, that, uh, that we can learn from this passage. Number one, we need to see that it's important that we trust God's Word. And we trust God's word. We saw in verse number six, uh, as, as Caleb is talking, he says, in the middle of the verse, "Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses." So he's referring to something that God had said. This wasn't something that Moses, had, or excuse me, that Caleb had said. This wasn't something that Moses had said. This is something that God had said. And God said to Moses uh, concerning this, this land that Caleb could have it. It was going to be his and it was going to be his family's uh, for years and years and years and years and years because Caleb wholly followed uh, the Lord. He obeyed the Lord. In verse number 10, it says, And behold, the Lord hath kept me alive as he said. He told me he was going to keep me alive to come to this land so that I could inherit it. In verse number 12, at the end of the verse, it says that if the Lord be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. This is all looking back to a promise that God had said. Something that God had put into uh, existence. Caleb, there is going to come a time that you are going to have this land. It is going to be your inheritance. Something that you're going to pass down to your children. And they're going to pass down to their children. And they're going to pass down to their children. It's going to keep on going forever. This land is yours. At that time, the rest of the nation was a little bit in flux. Moses knew what was happening. Caleb knew what was happening. Joshua knew what was happening. But at the end of the day, they had to wander around the wilderness some more because they didn't fully follow Christ. They didn't fully follow what God had told them to do. They feared what God had commanded for them to do. Now, years later, Moses has aged. Joshua has aged. Excuse me, Caleb had aged. Joshua had aged. Moses was gone. And here they've been fighting. They've gone through Jericho, and they've gone through Ai, and they've gone through these other battles along the way. And they had been fighting, and they'd been warring, taking the land for the nation. In the following chapters, they're going to be uh, divvying up the land, so to say, telling people what was theirs and where they could go. And here Caleb stands, and he says, Joshua, I'm trusting in what God had said. And He told me that this land was going to be mine. And He told me that He was going to keep me alive so that I could take it. And He told me that when I went to take it, He was going to give it to me. All things that God had said. Oftentimes in our lives, we, we question God's Word. If we were to ask, I believe everybody would say that they believe that the Bible is true. That within the Bible there is no error. That within the Bible there is no lie. We would all, I believe, agree with that. Yet the way that we live our lives and the way that we doubt some of the things that God said is oftentimes a downfall in our lives. We don't trust God's Word. Be careful for nothing. But in everything... Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be known unto God. Well, God, I know that you say be careful for nothing, worry about nothing. I know that you say I shouldn't be uh, giving myself uh, health issues because of my fear and my stress and my worry. But God, you just don't understand what I'm going through. Well, no, the Bible says you shouldn't have to worry about anything, but just take it to God with your prayers. Casting all my cares upon him, for he cares for me. Well, God, if you cared about me, would you let this happen to me? If you think for a moment, it doesn't take long. But if you look at Jesus' life on earth, the things that he could have stressed over, the things that he could have worried about. We look just at the uh, situation leading up to the crucifixion of Christ, to the capture of Christ. I say capture. It was an arrest, I guess. They didn't, they didn't chase him. But uh, Jesus in the garden is praying. He begins to sweat blood drops. I've heard this preached different ways, but at the end of the day, I believe Christ was understanding that he was about to be separated for the first and only time from God the Father. He wasn't trying to get out of dying for our sins. He wasn't trying to get out of paying the penalty for our sins when he says, if let this if you, if you be your will, let this pass this cup pass from me." He's leading up now to division from God the Father. May it be for just a moment in time. But there's a moment where Christ hanging on the cross, God turns away from him. You see, Christ understands what stress is. He understands what situations are that can cause stress and worry. Yet He tells us, don't worry. Yet He tells us, come to me in all of your needs. God says, I will be here to protect you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'm here for you. People will fail you and they will fail you constantly. But I will not. Sometimes we feel abandoned by God. Things in life happen and things happen and we we feel alone. But I'm telling you, God will not abandon you. Call on Him. Lean on Him. Depend on Him. Why? Because God says to trust God's Word. God says that trials and tribulations will come, but it'll be all right, He'll get you through them. Trust God's word. Caleb had to have been wondering as he watched a generation of people die off in the wilderness. I would assume there may have been a moment where Caleb goes, Lord, am I going to make it? But from everything we read in this passage, we see Caleb's confidence. Now, granted, it was after the fact, but still we see it also looking to the future. He says, the Lord said he was going to keep me alive. And here I stand. Right at the footsteps of the the property, the land that God promised me. Trust God's word. If we're going to claim mountains, if we're going to claim or ask for uh, things that, that are in front of us that might be large, that might to the outside eye seem impossible, we have to first trust God's word. Number two, we have to follow God. In verse number 8, it says, Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. This is not bragging. This is not prideful. We see a few different times in the Bible where we see someone talking about their obedience. Paul does this, talking about that he is an example, follow my example, follow what I am doing. And he's not being prideful about it. Caleb says, "I, I came... I saw as I as we spied on the land the blessings that were in front of us. I understood that God said it was ours. And we came back and I gave a good report. I followed what God said to do. I voted to go into the land and take it. As a matter of fact, him and Joshua both said, Let's go right now. And yet the people murmured and they complained and they they were scared, so they didn't go. In verse number 12, he talks about the report that was given. The other people talked about the Anakims that were there and that there were cities that were great and fenced. This was the fear of the rest of the people. Well, these places that we're marching into, they're not just villages in huts and tents. They are cities fortified. They have armies. Some of them are giants. But Caleb said, the Lord said, That if I followed him, that we would get through. And that this land would be mine. It says there in verse number 12, even now as he was standing in front of this this place, it says, if so be, the Lord will be with me. Caleb didn't say, I'm going to go by myself. He said, I follow the Lord to this point, I'm going to follow him moving forward. If God be with me, who can be against me? If the Lord will be there, then I'll be there. Sometimes we run ahead of God. Sometimes we run ahead of God and we say, God, I think this is what you want from me. I think at the end of the day, you want me to have this or get this or attain this or be this or whatever it may be. So, Lord, I'm going to I'm going to kind of take a little shortcut. And when you when you show up, I'll be there. The problem is, is if you get there before God, (laughs) you're not going to have success until God arrives. We get so caught up because our world teaches us. Society teaches us. There are books upon books upon books that will tell you how to get where you want to go. And Society says you can be anything you want to be if you just put your mind to it. I believe the American dream is, is, is relatively real. There are people that have shown that they've come and they've worked hard and they've attained great things in this country. They've started out with nothing and they've ended their life with much material gain. But I'm telling you, when we're talking about Christian success, accomplishing God's will, doing what God desires for us, we can't go without them. I watch as churches try all sorts of methodology, and I'm not against trying different things as long as God's fine with it. But there are churches out there today who said, well... No one's come by me just sharing the gospel with people. So what we need to do is we need to liven things up a little bit or we need to uh, have this big event or we need to do this, this thing or we need to dress differently or we need to talk differently or we need to use a different Bible or we need to do whatever, 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 whatever. And it may fill up a church building, but that doesn't mean it's successful. Sometimes large things are just swollen and not healthy. I've watched pastors who have uh, not been uh, pleased with their income think, well, I'll just do this, this, and this, and this, and this. The next thing you know, they've got more money than they've ever had before. and Before long, they've left the church because they're following the money. I've watched Christians be close to God and follow God and do great things for God, and then something else get in their mind and they say, well, Lord, I think that you want me to be happy. Oh, boy, this is a dangerous one. Doesn't God want me to be happy? God says He will provide for you joy if you follow Him. Just because you're happy doesn't mean that God's happy. God doesn't want you to be miserable, I promise you that. But He wants to supply the joy for you. So follow Him to happiness. Follow Him to success, whatever that means in God's eyes. Follow God to the godly desires that you have. Caleb here was still following God as he had done previously. If you want to attain the mountains that are in front of us, number one, trust God's Word. Number two, follow God. Number three, build or maintain your spiritual strength. If you don't have it, build it. If you do have it, maintain it. Your spiritual strength. Verse number 11, And yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. I don't know about you. I am not as agile or as athletic Or as in shape as I was 10 years ago. There's a reason for that. 10 years ago I was pretty active. (laughs) And now I'm just not. If we don't maintain, we begin to age differently. I get out of bed in the morning and I do the, oh... I've had people tell me, you're too young for that, acting like that. Okay. Well, that's fine. You're only as old as you feel. Well, I feel about 52. Um, <laughs> you see, Caleb here, he was much younger when he spied on the land. But he continued to build and maintain his strength for the job that was at task ahead of him. He knew that he wasn't going to just walk in and put a flag in the ground and say, okay, it's mine, everybody else leave. And they would all go, oh, okay, and leave. He knew there was still work to be had, still battles to be won. Many have no or at least little spiritual exercise. So when they show up for a battle... They're not prepared. When there's work to be done, they wear out fast. The Christian life is a battle. The Bible teaches us that. We have an enemy that is constantly stalking us, trying to devour us. There is not a moment in the Christian life that is not part of a battle. Yet so many Christians want to spend time doing nothing sitting on the sideline, so to say. And so that when all of a sudden a spiritual battle makes it right in front of them where they see it, now they're in the spiritual battle and they a, have to be forced to be active in the battle, they don't have the strength to fight. They don't have the energy to last. When work has to be done and if we're not working, we're not doing uh, God's will. But when work has to be done for God, we just don't last long. I've seen it. Some people call it burnout. At the end of the day, there are people who just aren't willing to give to God what, what is necessary. Well, that takes too much time. Well, that takes too much effort. Well, that takes too much thought. And wear out too fast. Caleb said, I'm strong. I'm as strong today as I was then. Is that true? I would say no. (laughs) I would assume Uh, a lot happens in 45 years. But uh, nonetheless, he felt it. He said, I'm ready. I'm not not saying just give me the land and tell everybody to leave. He said, I'm going to go take it. You just give me the permission to do so and I'm going. I'm not going to sit back and make the kids do all the work. I'm going to work for it too. I've heard people say, well, it's the next generation's turn. Well, I would say it's every generation's turn. (laughs) We're all supposed to be working and active. Granted, we do different things, and and the older we get, the the responsibility is to train the younger so they can come up and and take our place and, and help and work and all those sorts of things, but that doesn't mean that our work is ever done. And we have to build or maintain spiritual strength. The Bible says in Proverbs thirteen four, the soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. The person who works, the person who, 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 who strives, that person will be blessed. That person will have success, but the, the sluggard will constantly be wanting more. There are times in our lives where we're just waiting on God, but there are other times in our lives where we're waiting and doing absolutely nothing. And we watch other people see blessings from God and we go, God, why why aren't you blessing me? Well, I've come to church every week. Okay, well, have you read your Bible every day? Have you prayed it daily? Have you witnessed, shared the gospel with people? Have you loved your neighbor? Have you been humble? Have you been obedient to what God's told you to do? The Christian life is not for lazy people. And we sit and we wonder and we say, God, I want to attain this thing. God, I want to arrive at this place. Lord, I want to see this happen. But we're not willing to work. We don't have the strength necessary. The spiritual strength, not the physical strength, the spiritual strength necessary for the work and the battle that's ahead of us. Caleb said, Now therefore, give me this mountain. Let me go get it. God told me I could have it. God told me He'd keep me alive. God told me He would help me run everybody out. Give me this mountain. But he could stand there and say that because he trusted God's word, he followed God, and he maintained spiritual strength. When other people murmured, Caleb didn't murmur. When other people argued, Caleb didn't argue. When other people feared, Caleb didn't fear. So that leaves me with this question, what mountain do you want? In your own individual life, What is there that you say, I believe God wants me to have that mountain? God's given me that mountain. I want to attain that mountain. What about in your family, in your home? What mountain do you want? What about for this church? You're a part of this church. What mountain do you want? I don't believe that God wants this church to be running 30 people forever. We don't want a megachurch. I don't, at least. We don't, we don't want thousands upon thousands of people and all that sort of thing. But we do want people that we can help. We want to see this building used to its full capacity. We want to see this property that God's given us used for His glory to accomplish his will. I stand in this place today and I can look into the future, not see the future, look into the future and and think about what I believe God desires for our church and what can be accomplished through this church. And I say, God, give me that mountain God, go with me and help me to attain that. Help our church to move forward and to grow and to be able to reach more people, different people, specific people. God, give me that mountain. If we'll trust God's word and we'll follow God and we'll maintain our spiritual strength, we can expect to receive the mountain that is ahead of us. Lord, I thank you for your word I thank You for the examples You give us in Your Word. God, I pray that You would help us to not be content, but Lord, help us to strive for more. God, I pray that You would help us to see what is ahead of us, what is before us, Lord, what is available to us, that God, we would desire to attain those things that You have for us. God, help us to focus on Your Word To trust it. Lord, help us to obey you and follow you. God, help us to be faithful in maintaining and building spiritual strength because as the battle rages, Lord, as the work is in front of us, Lord, we don't want to wear out and fade away. God, I pray that today, as we think of spiritual goals for ourselves, for our families, for our church, God, that today we could stand and say, Give me that mountain. Lord, with your help, we can claim the mountains that are ahead of us. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand today. I'm going to ask you to stand, if you would, please. As the piano plays, we will open the invitation. If the Lord's spoken to you about something today, I hope that you'll take care of it right now. You're welcome to come to the front if you'd like. You're welcome to stay at your seat as well. But I ask you today to commit Ask God. Lord, what do you want for me down the road? For myself, for my family, for this church? God, what is it that you want? And as God tells you what it is, and say, God, I'm committing to it. Give me that mountain. God, I'm going to follow you. Give me that mountain. Let's take what God has given to us. And let's use it for His glory and for His help. To follow His will. This morning, would you pray, God, give me that mountain.